0: Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lepone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a
1: few of my favorite things.
0: Happy Throwback Thursday, everybody.
1: It's that middle time of the week again. Hello, everybody. The middle time of the week. It's the it's like one day after hump day, but it's definitely we're through the it's, week. It's,
0: it's yeah, it's not hump day. I don't know what Thursday would be called.
1: No, it's we're so close to the weekend you can taste it. It's just almost there. We just gotta get through. Just gotta get two more days. Oh, I don't know what to call like a sampling Thursday? No, that's not right. What's like a musical theater hump day
0: reference? Play <laughs> like? out here, people. Act one <laughs> finale, spring awakening. Help us out, people. That's Purple the, summer no, Do you get it? You, said, you said hump day, and uh-huh. I was like
1: act one. Oh, and, and of finale, act one. Oh my that's gosh. how act one ended. Or the opening of passion, so it just depends on, The you know. opening of passion, you're right. You know that, that was a scene that we did in college, <laughs> like in scene I just remembered. I'm pretty sure. What what's There were, were clothes on. There was clothes on, but I I just remembered. I'm pretty sure Jody Dominic, I know you're out there. I'm pretty sure that you this was you involved you or maybe you just played the part. I don't remember. But um yeah, no, I'm pretty sure they did that scene in college which I'm so happy,
0: I'm afraid. So wait, it started with people like actually have college students having sex with each other and
1: Clothes on, but yeah.
0: Were you? Wait, wait. Did you play this? Did you play? Oh the young man? God,
1: no, no way, absolutely not. Were you? Were you playing golf? No, I had to do. Uh, <laughs> so, you guys, before we got on air, I mentioned to Rob that. Um, My when I was a kid, we were talking about sports. That's what we were talking about, because that's what two guys do is just talk about sports and show tunes. But um, we have Rob was saying how we went to see a baseball game when he was in Boston, uh, when he was there directing. And I said, oh, yeah, but you know what? I don't really love baseball. Actually, my sport is golf. I loved golf. and, And I told him that I wanted to be a professional golfer when I was a kid. This is before I discovered musicals, obviously. (laughs) <laughs> that's it. That's, it. And that's, that's my rags. Right. Isn't, isn't up the there robbies. a show called Golf the Musical? I think there was uh, in the mid-aughts. But, um, you know, sports, I think, are really hard to musicalize. Uh, I think Damn Yankees really did something right. Um, It's not like we see good news done all the time. There's not a lot of football, all American. uh, I'm thinking of shows that even have football players in them. You know, the Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, that makes sense. Although, depending on which production of um, Best Little Whorehouse you see, those football players aren't really football players. But, um, no, but I'm trying to think of musicals that have – (laughs) Touchdown. He's <laughs> the tight end. No, but <laughs> I, you know, there's not m- really many musicals. You know, Michael Jordan. That's the skip song from Full Monty for me. So it's not like I listen to that song a lot. Uh, you know, I really think about it. Is there many yeah. musicals that feature sport? Now, my favorite thing today, not to get ahead of it, is totally about sports. Oh, that's so interesting. Sports. Well, I'm trying, well
0: like I know in like well in Wonderful Town, there's Past the football in Promises, yep.
1: Promises. There's she likes basketball. Oh, that song. I try to like that song, Rob, but I just. Ugh, I hate you, that song. You don't like She Likes Basketball? She likes basketball, how about that? We've got something in common to talk.
0: Well, everyone, I'm so happy you could hear our last Favorite thing today
1: i feel like those muppets that are in the balcony I, just as, like angry about everything as today
0: is the last episode of my favorite things because kevin took one of my favorite songs and said he didn't like it that's okay because i don't like the wild party okay
1: uh, well, well well, you have not even listened to it yet rob quit acting like you have you haven't because if you had listened to michael john lacuse's wild party you know that it was superior to all other wild parties queenie was a blonde and rob was asleep that's <laughs> That's the new lyric for
0: for all Wild Parties, for all Wild Parties. Well, you
1: guys, but for real, how cool is that everybody listening that knows the Wild Party, which is eight of you? But how fun is it, though, that you have a lyric that has been set two different ways, like Queenie was a blonde and oh, her Weenie was a blonde, and a, you don't usually get to have two lyrics set in two different ways. No, I, I think that's pretty interesting. I do think that's interesting. You know what else I like is when
0: characters, uh, they are characters that have the same name in musicals. Like there's <laughs> Ben Stone in Follies, but then there's Benji Stone in My Favorite Ear. Oh, fun fact! I like those. I hope uh, maybe oh, somebody can create a whole review of that.
1: Well, that's but a first and last name. Good job, Rob. Thank you. Oh,
0: thank you so much. Thank oh. you so much. Um, oh. You know, we forgot to talk last week. If we can, with our news updates we forgot to talk about somebody who passed um that left us and uh, it was lillian Montevecchi.
1: oh yeah
0: we forgot to talk about her last week
1: and her what passing. a legend i you know i really haven't seen many uh, other than the nine stuff i haven't seen much of her and then i when she passed i looked you know at uh, some of the clips on youtube man what a what a performer She was she was incredible because she
0: did nine right, and I think she won the Tony Award for nine. Mm -hmm. And then she did Grand Hotel. Grand Hotel, Grand Hotel. And then she had a very successful club career, doing a lot of club work. Um, I have a story about her uh, that I was gonna I I was gonna save it for our in memoriam at the end of the year, but I'd love to tell it now because it makes me laugh. Um, So a few years ago, I was doing uh, a fifty four celebrates the Colonial Theater. Uh, tribute show, which was we were trying to save the Colonial, and I think right. we were pretty successful because Moulin Rouge is opening there. Hello, very soon. So, congrats to Jen and I. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: I was there. I was there. And Kevin, no, and congrats. Listen, congrats Don to Don Pippen a- played the piano for me. Are you Don, kidding me? Don Pippen the played night the piano. Of my
0: life. It was a big moment for everybody. Don Pippin played the piano for Kevin and said Kevin had a gorgeous voice. Thank um, you. But Grand Hotel had tried out at the Colonial, and I thought, oh, wouldn't it be fun to get Lily Montevecchi in uh, into sing something from Grand Hotel. So I emailed her, and I hadn't heard anything back, and so I said, okay, well, she's not interested. Um, and so then the great composer, Joe Iconis, Came yes. to me, and if you don't know Joe Iconis's work, you should check it out because he is the next big thing, and he is the most amazing thing. Um, he did "Be More Chill," which is coming yeah. out pretty soon. Um, you can listen to it on uh, on your you know Spotify and places like that, which is so cool. Um, yeah. Joe said to me, he's like, "Hey, I really like Grand Hotel, and my buddy Jason and I would love to sing a song from it." I said, "Great, what do you want to sing?" He said, "Oh, we'd love to sing. We take a gla- we t- we'll take a glass together." I said, "Awesome, great!" And he's like, "We're going to just you know change the arrangements a little bit if that's okay." <laughs> well, I'm, uh, like, but- I'm like, "Sure." have a really great time so two days before the concert I get an email from Lillianne Montevecchi. and the email says "Um, why have you not returned any of my emails Um, I canceled a concert in Germany to be at the colonial event and I still don't know what I'm singing oh no this is so, not good. So I wrote her back, and I said, hi, I've never received any of your emails. I said, I don't know what's going on, unfortunately, because we hadn't heard back. We thought that maybe you weren't interested, and we've moved on, uh, And uh, but you're more than welcome to come and, you know, because right. I can't tell people that are already doing it. Like, you can't be a part of it Well, yeah, anymore. sorry, you're not doing this now. Yeah. So she says, great, but she goes, I must have a drink with you first. Uh, uh. Okay. Well, twist your arm. So I'm like, a drink with Lillian Montevecchi, Of course. So we go across the way. Uh, there's a bar. And I meet her there. She's like 80-something. Um, she has a martini. And the first thing she does is she grabs my hand. And she looks me dead in the eye and goes, let me tell you why you must make love in Paris. Oh <laughs> <laughs> You're lying.
1: You're I swear lying, to you. Rob. I Rob, swear to you. That is the I most Lillian Montevecchi thing that any Lillian Montevecchi I mean, can. I couldn't, like, for I Halloween, was, I wouldn't even think to say I was that. I mean, you that way. is. Oh. Like oh. You love in Paris.
0: You must make love in the Paris. So we have a really nice conversation and we're talking, and she says, I can't wait to see the show. I totally understand. She goes, I just can't wait to see, uh, you know, to revisit Grand Hotel one more time. So she's sitting in the audience at the show. We acknowledge her. She gets a round of applause. I'm sitting next to her. <laughs> If you don't know Joe, Joe uh, is sort of like a Dean Martin type in the fact that like alcohol is the main contributing factor. Right. So he took, we'll take a glass together. And every time he said it, he actually had a huge bottle of Jack Daniels on stage with him and took a swig from it. And so as the number went on, he got drunker and drunker and his buddy Jason had a washboard with him. And he would play the washboard. So this was a total reinvention of Grand God. Hotel. I yes. only wish the audience could have seen Anne's face throughout the whole thing. Because oh, gosh. I loved it. The audience loved it. It's on YouTube. Just check out Joe Iconising. We'll take a glass together. But it literally went from like a four-minute number to a 13-minute number. Oh, you know, it was epic. It was epic. To- totally wasted. And all I could hear Anne going was, Qua? 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 <laughs> not understanding what we were doing with the show and why she had to cancel her trip in Germany to come sit here and watch Joe Iconis get drunk and play a washboard. But it's one of my favorite moments. So there's that. Now, okay, I don't even know if we should mention it, but I'm going to mention it anyway. We've got some drama in uh, the world of musical theater especially with hey. the show chicago oh my gosh um, this is this is going to be breaking now for for quite some time um i
1: know we like made it into like the mainstream um news cycle i feel like you know it like we made it like an article outside of playbill i mean it really it's big deal
0: no there was a there's a there was a gentleman by the name and i hope i pronounce oh. his last name correctly so uh jeff Lofelholes. L- holes loafel sure I'm so sorry, Jeff. Um, Jeff uh, passed away. Uh, he took his own life. Uh, he was in Chicago. He was the longest member of, associated with the Chicago company. Um, and there's rumors that because of a very stressful rehearsal led by the director and music director that were intimidating him throughout the rehearsal, apparently, and or allegedly, because we don't know exactly what happened, um, that he went and took his own life. Um, the rumor is, and once again, it's a rumor, it's an alleged rumor, um, that... Uh, He had a run-of-the-play contract. The producers did not want to buy him out, and so they were looking for any reason to get rid of him, and they thought by saying you're not up to the task anymore would be grounds for termination
1: um, right, like making the rehearsal process has put in rehearsals and is because as a under I've been an understudy yeah, tell before and well because these this is an older generation of contracts. When I did Les Mis, the national tour, it was the third national tour of the original. It had been going out for. I was on it at the fifteenth and sixteenth year. This is back in two thousand four. I was on a right of run contract. So basically, as long as that tour stayed open, I would be in that show. Now, so, there was a guy on my tour. I'm not even kidding you. He was playing a student. Uh, and when he got the, cause you know, your students in Les Mis, that's like the parts you're playing. He was like a 47 year old student because he got, you know, he looked young when he booked it in his thirties and he was playing, you know, the same part for 10 years. Now, a producer can buy you out and then they just spend the money and get rid of you. That's usually what you have to do. But there is allegedly they're saying that perhaps they tried to make the rehearsal as tedious and difficult as possible um, for him in in a way to deter him from wanting to stay with the show, which is, if that's true, that's just disgusting. I can't imagine, but um, it's, it's horrifying nonetheless, because clearly there was, Something stressful enough, because um, he left a, a message, didn't he? I mean, it was a full on. Uh, oh, you, uh, you mean a note? The, behind? Yes, yes, that, like with the, the the trail of crumbs leading to this. Oh, that um,
0: that I'm unaware of, and like you okay. know, like we've said before, you know, this is all allegedly. We're not we're not saying that any of this is fact. We just know that a man has passed, um, and now there's uh, an independent investigation to go to look to see exactly what had happened. So, my my question though for you, Kevin, um, yeah as have, have you ever experienced any bullying, uh, in the rehearsal process?
1: Yeah, I have actually. Uh, and as an understudy, I I have definitely. Um, I don't care to go too much into detail, but, but 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 I, I definitely have. Um, most definitely.
0: may, May I, may I ask you, is it older generation bullying or younger generation bullying?
1: No, this wasn't. This was. This was a, a power thing. Oh, uh, it was. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, I was the actor, and there was a person in a power position. But, and it was regarding my understudy stuff. But um, yeah, no, it was, it was. It was. It was not fun because I felt very intimidated, and I felt like not safe to do good work because I was too afraid that I was going to mess up. Mm, mm, mm. And now as an older person, I'm like, oh, my gosh, Kevin, what were you thinking? You were totally letting them have, you know, the power and, like, being intimidated. But but you, but you don't
0: know any better at that
1: age. Well, in your, in your young 20s, you really don't. And, and you really just assume that everyone older than you knows better. Uh, and so and you will listen to, to what honest, they say.
0: And also, to be honest, at Jeff's age, I mean, this this is, you know, your whole livelihood is based on the opinions of these people.
1: Oh my goodness! And he's been with the show for—I mean, that's like his home. He's—I yeah. mean, I felt ownership of a show after only two years. I can't imagine uh, how many years. I mean, like it's insane how how long he was with this. So it's just, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm glad that there's an independent investigation, and I'm glad they're looking into it. But it's sad, no matter how you look at it.
0: I'm wondering though, what can be done in the future um, for situations like this not to occur? Uh, because well, they I mean, don't have. Oh, go yeah. ahead, sorry.
1: No, they don't do those contracts as much anymore. Um, when I did little night music, it was it was a six month run, or you you had a a, a a you know a set amount of time. That even for for chorus, I think that they've stopped doing those sort of right of run contracts as much as they used to. For that reason, so they can they can say, all right, eight months is up. Yeah, we're good. Thank you. We're going to move on in another direction. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, it, I, I didn't no, mean to interrupt you, Rob. No, no, you didn't interrupt me at all. No, but I, I'm also hoping that there'll be more. I hope that the equity deputies will keep a closer monitoring. Of bullying, um, yeah, or, or witnessing yeah, that, and then being able to go to Actors Equity um, and let them know that these things are are occurring. I'm I'm wondering, you know, once again hearsay. We we don't know all of the facts, but I'm wondering if you know maybe a report was filed at some point. Um, if this is what's happening, we don't even know if this is what's happening. Exactly, um, but we'll find out with an independent investigation. But in the meantime, the one thing just to remind ourselves is when we are in a rehearsal environment, keep your kindness to one another. Keep kindness to one another. That is right. And look out for each other. And look out for each other. So, you know, like I said, we're not accusing anybody of anything. We don't know all the facts, but... It's just good for us. This this story is a nice reminder of of keeping our humanity in the arts
1: because if we will not stay humane with each other, who will in this world? Indeed. Indeed. Oh, and a lighter note uh, I just noticed that uh, our, our good friend and previous guest, Susan L. Shulman, <gasps> uh has a, a released a, a, another updated copy of her book, The Backstage Past to Broadway. I she now that has book. more true tales from a theater press agent. So she's Ooh. updated it, added a couple chapters. Uh, and, uh, I just figured we should talk, I should mention that since she was such a nice guest on our show and has led us to a bunch of really wonderful oh, people. Susan is the absolute best.
0: If you have not read her book backstage pass, it's, it's a really fantastic read and it's available on Kindle, um, as mm. well as in hard copy form. And it's, she's, she's a good writer.
1: Yeah. Oh no. She's got some real great stories. And then listen to our, uh, podcast interview with her from like what, two years ago. Two wow. Years ago, that's yeah, crazy Rob. She has so many great stories.
0: I really we really liked her. So take a look at uh, Susan's book. Thank you for bringing that up as an update.
1: but of course, good. Of uh, course. so now
0: uh, who 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 shall go first?
1: Um well, it, sports season is upon us. I don't know if you know, Rob. Do you know what sporting event is going on right now? In fact, we're yes. recording on a Wednesday. Yes. and there's like, I'm going to leave to go to a game in about an hour and a half. We are playing. What is it?
0: The, the, we're, we're getting ready for the Super. No, no, not no, no. The, oh, the World Series.
1: Rob. Oh, God. We even talked about sports. The hockey. The second time we've talked about sports the on the podcast. The World Cup, my friend. The World Cup. What is that, soccer? The, uh, yeah, soccer. <laughs> so the World Cup is like the Olympics. Um, it only comes around once every four years, Rob. So you have to wait. Four years to watch the fun of fun. So there. Oh, hey, I, I'm so excited. I've been watching the games for the last two weeks. Um, they start out with 32 teams. They narrow it down to 16, then to eight, then to four, then to two. We're, we're down to only, well, one game left. And Pe- then we have Pele? one final game. Oh my Pele? God. Oh my gosh, Rob. How that was in your textbook when you were in high school. <laughs> But he was. Yeah, that's good. The same sport, though. So the World Cup is upon us. There's a big, big match today is, is England and Croatia. Um, oh, yeah, France. I get alerts on it on my yeah, phone. Yeah, there you go. That's my boy. And then France is playing in the finals. So whoever wins this game today, which will probably, well, who knows? Could be England, could be Croatia. They'll play France in the finals. I'm sp- saying all of this. I'm sure listeners, you're like, Kevin, why are you talking about sports? Because my favorite thing is connected to the game of the Soccer or football, as they say in every other country of the world. Football, hagamos yes. football. That means we and it, interestingly football. enough, I, this has been on my. Thank you for that, by the way. I don't think that that Espanol just like flew past my ears. Um, then, uh, so, this has been on my list of favorite things. And then I noticed on that cast recording email blast that we are members of through MIT. You know, like the collectors of albums. This was mentioned on there, and I thought, you know, I've got to, I've got to talk about it. So. Picture it, you're in the '60s. You're at a you're at a big stadium in Liverpool, and uh, you're 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 thinking, you know, they're playing over the PA speaker, you know, the top ten hits of of the week or whatever. And so, or every every game, home game, they play the top ten hits in the '60s. For five weeks in a row, the number one hit was by this guy called Jerry and the Peacemakers. He did a remake of the song "You'll Never Walk Alone." For five weeks in a row, that was the number one song. So they played this really slow 6-8 version. That's like, 6 like, dot, 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 da, da. one, two, three, four. So like, when you walk through a storm. So it's a little slower, right? Very slow-paced song. Well, the fans got so used to this song in the 60s, every time there was a home match with Liverpool Football Club, that um, they, they demanded the song over and over again. Cut to 60 years later, You'll Never Walk Alone is the official home game song of Liverpool that you can go on YouTube and you can watch literally 90,000 people in a stadium hugging each other, holding hands, putting their arms around these like blue collar, tough, you know, worker people and, you know, all different kinds, all singing this Rodgers and Hammerstein song, all singing it full out like their life, like the way we coach our students, like life and death. And if you ever watch a soccer match, you know that when they score a goal, it is epic. It's huge. It is passionate. It's everything that we want about musical theater. They just happen to find a song not having any idea that this is from Carousel. They have no idea. They think it's this pop tune that was a hit. And after all these decades, it's become their mantra. Even when a team is doing poorly, like that they're playing, is losing really badly, they'll sing it to the other team as if to lift them up. So, go type in Liverpool um, uh, You'll Never Walk Alone, and you will see a stadium full of people singing. Now, this song has gone on to become the, the inspiration for many teams all over the world since Liverpool. So a lot of it, uh, there's the, uh, the the Celts, they also are uh, listen to it. There's a team in Germany, Japan, Croatia, Spain, dozens of teams all over the world sing You'll Never Walk Alone um, in a Stadium. And I just think that's a wild thing that us, us musical theater muggles don't know that the real people out there actually <laughs> sing our songs without even realizing that it's musicals. And I just got a kick. You guys, you have to watch the stadium full of people sing. It is hysterical because they are the grown men just crying, singing this song. And it they it's not it's like a slow happy birthday where you're in midway through and you're like, "Ooh, this is still going. We're OK. Let's ride it out. Let's go, guys. Come on. Here we go. So my uh, my favorite thing is You'll Never Walk Alone and the effect that it has on the soccer fans all over the world. I have never heard of this. This is it's amazing. so crazy, Rob. And it, it's so funny. They full out, full out, no marking. I, I <laughs> they're, they're, those are pros. Those oh are yeah! Oh yeah! Pros. Oh, they really know what they're doing.
0: I have to ask you: Do you have a favorite rendition of "You'll Never Walk Alone"? Is it the soccer players
1: or is it the uh, teams? Uh, Like, because they always play this for Liverpool. They always play the same original '60s, you know, remake of it. So that's the one I'm used to hearing with them. But I don't have a favorite clip of the fans. Like, if you just type, there's one with that says "90,000 Liverpool," and that one just we'll post that. We'll post it. it, it. They're so passionate, and they're they. I just love it. It's just it's just the wackiest thing. My favorite rendition of "You'll Never
0: Walk Alone" is. Did you ever watch the Jerry Lewis telethon? Uh, I have. At the, at, that was his signature song, that at the end of each uh, broadcast, he would sing, He'll Never Walk Alone. Oh, really? But Jerry Lewis singing it, which wasn't very pretty. Was yeah.
1: Like, walk
0: <laughs> on, walk on, <laughs> What's hope you. in your heart. And then as he got older, he stopped singing and just spoke more of it. But, oh, but he would always hold best. the last, The la- he did the opposite thing. The of, B. Arthur. B. Did. Arthur. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, I'll never walk uh, and you're like you don't have to hold out every note. Like we don't have to hold out. Like if you can no, give okay. half of that to B and B gives you half,
1: then I think walk
0: be... alone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish B. Yeah. Arthur had done opera. Because <laughs> the, the last note would always just be spoken. Yeah. <laughs> just done.
1: So we got a favorite
0: thing today. That, oh, I do indeed. My, my favorite thing, once again, it's a book.
1: Sorry, folks. It's a lot of a lot of book time um,
0: over the past few you've weeks. have been
1: reading a lot of your internet. Now, you guys have been noticing today that, that our sound is much better. That's because Rob is home. He's no longer in the middle of nowhere, Cape Cod, with no internet. But he's back. But now you've got – you read 3,000 books <laughs> this I, summer. I needed something to do. And I created an Instagram account called Golden Girls Glossary. Are you – you're not kidding, are you? You haven't seen my Facebook today? Nope, I haven't seen your Facebook. You sound like my mother. You haven't seen my Facebook today? You did you see Facebook my post? Did you, you see my post? She's <laughs> not Jewish, but this sounds... Like... Wait, why aren't you looking at my post? Did you see it? Did you didn't you see, see it. My... You didn't? No, that's okay. I thought maybe you would have liked it, but that's okay. Very quickly. Well, now I'm going to go online and look I'll tell you at it what? now. I'll tell, now every, I'll, I'll, tell everyone... it. I'll
0: tell everyone what I did, and then I'll talk about my um, favorite thing. Um, so... Th- th- I love the Golden Girls. You love the Golden Girls. The whole world loves the Golden Girls. There's only one little issue with the Golden Girls that I have, and that is a lot of the punchlines were pop culture references that were very funny in 1985 that maybe today people don't understand. So what I did was I went through and watched every episode of season one, and any time a punchline that was using a pop culture reference to get a laugh was utilized, I made a note of it. Wow. And then if you go onto Instagram, it tells you there's a First, just so you're aware, there's 141 pop culture references in season one alone. And I oh, put them Bob. all on Golden Girls Glossary. That's the Instagram handle, Golden Girls Glossary. It shows you a photo of the person they're referring to. And it also is an explanation of who that person was. Is this your favorite thing? No, I just wanted oh, to promote okay. that. Uh, oh, good. So but you, No, because my nice. favorite thing, like I said, lots of reading. Oh, is, here it is. Here it is. It's from one of our former guests. Uh And it's amazing, and we've been waiting for this book to come out for quite a long time, and it did, and it's worth the wait. I'm holding. Oh, you're so
1: happy, Rob! You were so excited when this came out. I already know that it's Fravor's book, and I know that you you were so freaking excited. You actually went out and bought it like the day of. I did. Yes, Yes.
0: the book is called Fravor. F a r v e r. F a wait, sorry. F r a v e r. F -R -R, Mm -hmm. F r a v e r. Fravor. By design, five decades of theater poster art from Broadway, Off-Broadway, and beyond. It's by uh, one of our first guests, the wonderful Frank Verlizzo, um, but better known as Fravor. Frank, that's how his posters are designed. Um, If you're like, who is this guy? First of all, you can listen to our great podcast interview with him, because I thought he was really remarkable and fantastic. Right. He has designed the posters for Sweeney Todd, The Lion King, Sunday in the Park with George, The Follies Revival, most of Encores' seasons, uh, Death Trap. Um, and tons and tons and tons of others. And he's put together this beautiful coffee table book um, that gives you not only the image, but also um, how he came to arrive at the specific image that we now see today. And we had mentioned this on our first podcast with him, and I think it's just something to remind our listeners. And a lot of times an audience's first introduction to any sort of show is the graphic art. And the graphic art sets the whole tone of the show. Um, And so if you saw his Lion King or Sunday in the Park or Death Trap or Baby or My One and Only... All of those images are one of the first things we see about the show. And they tell us exactly what that show is supposed to be. Um, and so his book is fantastic. It's a beautiful coffee table book, full color, really, really gorgeous. Once again, it's called Fravor by Design. Five decades of theater poster art from Broadway, Off-Broadway, and beyond. Um, and if you really like the book, go back and take a listen to our interview with him because he's really fabulous.
1: How does he showcase his work? I, you don't have to give me a whole rundown, but does he do it by show? Does he go in chronological order in the book? Does he? Ha- is there lots of? Is there articles and you know pictures as well? Does he? I don't know. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I'm just curious how the layout of the book is.
0: Yeah, the book is divided into different chapters. I'll just read through the six. There's six chapters really quickly. Mm-hmm. There's Broadway, a Sondheim, Rogers and Hammerstein, Off Broadway, Beyond. Um, and then unpublished, which Brilliant. are which are really great uh, drafts of things that never actually got out, either because he was hired for the job and then the job didn't go through, or um, if the the company was closed at one point. Like, for example, he's got this beautiful design here uh, for the theater museum from 1979. There was going to be a theater museum in Midtown New York, which is something I think we still need desperately.
1: Uh, Yeah. Um, And
0: he designed a beautiful graphic for it, and unfortunately, the museum never took off. So it's things like that, plus his regional work, plus his regional work. Um, But it's really wonderful to hear the artist's process. Oh, yeah. and like we said, you know, I mean, it's you really can't think of Sweeney Todd without thinking of those two little gremlins with you know their rolling <laughs> pins and their blades up in the air. Or no, it's the, so true. Or Death trap with those piercing blue eyes staring at you. But like, you know, his his work, is the first to tell an audience what you're going to see, and I think that's so important. Um, So it's a really fantastic book, Fravor by Design, five decades of theater poster art from Broadway, off-Broadway, and beyond. And please listen to our interview with him, where he goes more in-depth. And he is just a charming man. And was the only guest that we've ever had who made us brunch. (laughs) That was so awesome. (laughs) <laughs> it's fantastic. We got a champagne <laughs> brunch out of this guy. So th-
1: yeah, so we drove all the way out. We drove out to Connecticut, and uh, we had just such a wonderful afternoon. It was really, really nice.
0: Um, and his house is incredibly impressive. Um, one, there's an elevator in the house. Hello, and he, and he has one whole room dedicated to Clue. Yes, that's dude. right. The game like all these clue board games from all over the world like everything is clue related so i just really want to play a game of clue with frank that's really all <laughs> i want to do in my life is go back get brunch and play clue we'll
1: um, have a part two it we'll have, makes perfect sense oh that would be
0: great and part yeah. two is just me chewing and eating the pancakes going it's colonel mustard yeah it's kind of like part one but yeah no it's good it's gonna yeah, be thank fun you. thank <laughs> you thank you so those are, those are our favorite things this week um yeah so let us know how you're all doing i hope the summer's heat isn't drying you out too much because i
1: know i'm I'm parched kevin i know me too i know i like it gets so hot that you just don't even want to go outside um but you got to i've pulled all my shades and i have my air conditioning blasting oh bless you
0: bless bless us old tiny tim God Um,
1: bless us, everyone. And post Um, your video, Kev. I want to see all these people sing You'll Never Walk. Oh my gosh, I will do that. Definitely. (laughs) Uh, And I love that when you guys recommend uh, favorite things to us, we've had a couple of those on Twitter lately. And so we love that, especially because it's been two and a half years and, you know. Uh, it's been nice to add a couple things onto the old list.
0: <laughs> oh, no, it's 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 really fun when we get things like that. In fact, it's going to it's going to be a favorite thing, I think maybe next week or in a couple of weeks. Our wonderful listener, John Moss, sent me an album today and was like, he goes, I'm pretty sure that this is going to be your favorite thing at some <gasps> point. Um, and it is. I know it's going to be. So we we love not only when you send us suggestions, but you actually send
1: us the object itself. That just exactly that, that expedites <laughs> our <laughs> makes the job so much easier. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
0: All right. till next time.